0: Fantastic. Please be seated. Wow. Everyone's excited. I can see. Oh, I got a gift too. How awesome. Oh, save that to laughter. Thank you very much. I want to just uh, really appreciate all the worship team and all the creative team and everyone who put so much into making our Christmas outreach us a success. We had over 20 decisions in the morning and about 40 decisions at night time. Just a whole heap of people got touched by the Lord. Who said to turn the lights on? I like, to, I like the lights down. It's nighttime, you know. That's it. Come on. That's it. Hey, not that much. Come on. <laughs> it's Christmas night. It's a time for lights and twinkly lights and things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, why don't you open your Bible with me in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And we read verse 2 and 3. Now, we'll on. now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea in the days of Herod the king, there came a wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was very, very troubled. We need to see, as so we see in these verses, reading about the Christmas story, often we think about Christmas, you have pictures of mangers and things like that, and focus on a baby being born. But what the Bible tells us very clearly, Jesus was born as a king. No matter how he came into the earth, no matter uh, the circumstances, how the Holy Spirit supernaturally brought him into this world, nevertheless, he was born a king. Even though he was a child, he was born a king. You notice in these verses, it talks about a king three times. There are two kings there. There is one who was born into this world, the king of kings. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Savior, because he saves us from sin and its power in our life. But there's another king there as well. It says... Herod, the king, was troubled. That means he was agitated. He was deeply disturbed. He was deeply troubled. His whole world began to fall apart when he heard there's another king. Friend, when you read through the Bible, one of the things you see over and over again is Jesus was called king. He came to reveal a kingdom. The Bible tells us in the New Testament they preached about him as there is another king. His name is Jesus. And so wherever we look through the Bible, we see Jesus came in. Although his circumstances seem very lowly, he came in as a king born from a kingdom called the kingdom of heaven into another kingdom called the kingdom of earth. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about that. The first thing we see in here is Jesus came to reveal a kingdom. The purpose in his coming into this world was to reveal and make known a kingdom of God. Many people live today in a world which is full of sorrows and pains struggles with all kinds of issues and things, Jesus came to let us know that there is something beyond this life. There is something which can enter into your life and change how you live your life in the earth. There is something that can come from heaven into your life that can totally transform you on the inside, changing you now, changing the way you live, changing your values, and changing your eternal destiny. Jesus came to reveal a kingdom. His first message that, he's, uh, that, that the Bible tells us in Matthew 4:17, he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus' message was about a kingdom. A kingdom is a place where a king rolls. kingdom is a place where there is power, where there is dominion, where there is authority. Jesus came to talk about a spiritual kingdom. It's not one you can see. It's invisible to the naked eye. But because it's invisible does not mean it's not there. The Bible tells us everything you see was made out of that kingdom. Everything we can see around us that came into being in the earth, the Bible tells very clearly it came from the invisible realm of God, from the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus demonstrated while he was on earth and made known that kingdom. So let me give you some examples. When a young man came who was tormented and troubled with the spirit, and that young man kept throwing himself down, and uh, he, he, there was no physician could heal him. There was no doctor who could heal him. There's no one could heal this boy. He was troubled by an evil spirit being that was set on destroying his life. Jesus touched that boy, spoke to the spirit. The spirit came out of him. The boy was able to hear, and he was able to speak. His life changed because he encountered another king and another kingdom. Jesus said... If I cast out spirits by the word of God or the spirit of God, if I cast out evil spirits, then know the kingdom of heaven is come to you. Friend, the kingdom of heaven has power. It's a place where there is power. Wherever Jesus went, he demonstrated what the power of that kingdom was like. Sick people were healed. Sick people are still healed today by the power of Jesus Christ. He delivered people who were held in bondage to evil spirits. People today are delivered by the power of Jesus Christ from evil spirits. You're troubled by fear. It didn't come from God. It's a spirit from another kingdom. You need to understand Jesus came to give you good news. You could be free of that. You have some kind of problem, bondage in your life. Jesus has good news for you. There is another king, another kingdom. There is power to break the hold of the devil and sin in your life. Jesus came to demonstrate another kingdom. He he came to show the nature of that kingdom. A lot of people have got weird ideas what God's like. They follow and look at a few people in church. They come up with a conclusion that's what God is like. Unfortunately, people don't always represent God well. Doesn't, mean, doesn't change the fact that God is a good God. When you read the Bible, you see how Jesus related to people. Here's a leper. This man's covered in leprous uh, sores. This man is cut off from his wife, cut off from his children, cut off from the community. Anyone come near him, he's got to cry out, unclean, unclean. And Jesus Christ, when he saw him, the man cried out to him, Lord, Lord if you can, help me. And Jesus said, I will. I want to be involved in your life. And he touched him. He didn't need to touch him to heal him. He touched him to heal the wounds in his soul. He touched him physically in his body and restored him. Friend, that is the kingdom of heaven. It's a kingdom where there is power, where there is life. Wherever Jesus came, life came. You find a woman that had four or five marriage failures. She's now living with a man. Her life is broken down. She's rejected. People despise her and talk about her. Jesus embraced, welcomed, accepted her, and brought her truth that changed her life. Friend, that's the nature of this kingdom. It's a kingdom where there's love, a kingdom where there's joy, a kingdom where there's peace with God, a kingdom where there's life. Everywhere that Jesus went, he demonstrated what the kingdom of God is like. If you want to know the nature of God and what the nature of his kingdom is like, I can tell you now, it's a kingdom of light. You can see what you're getting involved in. Kingdom of the devil is a kingdom of darkness. Kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. He loves people unconditionally. will reach out and do whatever it takes to save you, to help you. Kingdom of the devil, kingdom of darkness is a kingdom where there's hatred, bitterness, where there's lust, uncleanness, every kind of dark concealed thing. Friend, Jesus came to reveal something different. We can look at the papers and see all the problems. But friend, there's another kingdom. There's another kingdom called the kingdom of God. Jesus came to make it known to us. You know, interesting, that kingdom that Jesus spoke of is a spiritual kingdom. Tell, the Bible tells us Jesus had an encounter with the devil. The devil took him up in the mountain showed him all the kingdoms of this world in an instant of time. He saw spiritual kingdoms, tried to offer Jesus a bribe, to bribe him. Jesus refused. I don't know how many, how many people have seen that film, Narnia? How I many have gone to that, eh? Man, it's a brilliant film, isn't it, eh? The guy who wrote it, C.S. Lewis, had tremendous insight to what the Bible tells us about the unseen spirit world. And if you were if you, just following through this film and, and not just looking at it as a kid's entertainment, you start to look at the message he put through, you'll see he actually takes some of the concepts of the Bible and he brings them out and he puts them in a story that's suitable for children and adults. So you find, of course, in the story, they enter a place called Narnia. Children came into, it's like they went through this, I loved, I loved the book, you know. I just, I'd love to buy a wardrobe like that. It was so good. They, they go in the wardrobe and then suddenly they're in another world. And what, God, what, what he was trying to convey is that beyond the natural world that we live in, there is another invisible world right next to it. And you and I can access or come into and experience the life that's in that realm. So you notice there that when the child, the young girl, went into that area, she went into that. She saw, and she having the kingdom, she saw inside there that was all covered in snow, covered in ice, and that there was a witch ruled over it. And that witch was concerned with one thing: power and control. She used deceit to try and bring people into bondage to get them to betray their friends. You see a tremendous picture of the hidden world of the second heaven, the spirit world around us, where there are evil spirits that rule over the lives and souls of man. You notice when you saw her, how when she touched those men, they became cold and hard and lifeless. That's what sin does when it touches our life. We become cold in our heart. We become lifeless. We become cut off from God. There's something changes in us. There's something when that little girl went in, there was something wrong with that whole world. She saw in and there was someone ruled over it. Jesus saw that world. He saw a world that was ruled over by wicked spirit powers, and he came to demonstrate a superior kingdom. Jesus truly is Aslam. The devil, listen to me, the devil is not in hell. A lot of people think the devil's in hell. He is not in hell. He's never been to hell yet. He's not likely to go to hell until a lot more further down in the Bible is fulfilled. The devil lives in hell in the realm of the second heaven in the spirit world, a place just like was pictured, Narnia, where the white witch who ruled over and controlled everyone, very symbolic, a very, very good picture for us of how the powers of darkness rule over and affect the lives of people. So the second thing we see here is Jesus demonstrated the power of that kingdom. He demonstrated very clearly the power of his kingdom. When there was a man who was dead, Jesus was able to reach out and the young man was raised to life. Those of you here a couple of Sundays ago, I showed you a video and we saw a man of God in in Africa lay hands on a man who was stone cold dead and he was raised to life. That is the power of the kingdom of God. That is the power. It's a power to change hopeless situations. It's a power to change things. You notice a dead person can't exercise any kind of faith. God is willing to step into dead situations and change them from being cold and lifeless and dead and to bring them to life. Are you willing to let the king come in? Are you willing to let him be your king? Are you willing to open your life and surrender to his lordship, his rulership, his kingship over your life? We don't live in a democracy. We live in two kingdoms. The kingdom of this world, which has got its own ways of operating under the powers of darkness. And then there's the kingdom of heaven, which God wants us to experience so our lives can make a difference. You say amen? Notice here in in the kingdom of Narnia, how the line was held in tremendous awe and reverence and everyone looked for when he would come again tremendous picture for us of a day when jesus will come again you notice here that when jesus came i want to show you a couple of things out of that movie that are very uh, very much reveal the nature of the king we serve that at king aslan although he had tremendous power and everyone was intimidated and overawed by his power and had great respect for him it's a tremendous picture for us of jesus christ the bible says every knee shall bow every tongue confess he is the lord but you notice also about that, uh, that Asla in the movie, how he actually laid his life down for the young boy who was a traitor and had betrayed his family and friends. That's exactly what Jesus did. He came to demonstrate that the kingdom of heaven, although there's power, is a kingdom of love and a kingdom where God reaches to touch us and serve us and minister to our needs. When that story that we saw in the story, if you saw the movie, you saw how Aslam laid his life down voluntarily. He was sacrificed. His life was given over to pay the penalty for someone else's mistake and failure and sin. It's exactly the same as what Jesus done. This is the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom where there is love. There's a kingdom where there's sacrifice. It's a kingdom where there's power to raise from the dead. The Bible tells us Jesus was raised up from the dead. Philippians 2 verse 8. He was resurrected from the dead. God has raised him up. He laid his life down. He gave his life on Calvary for you and me. And God has raised him up and made him the Lord. Made him Savior Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess he's Lord. Every person that's ever entered this world will acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ. Everyone will acknowledge he's the king. Now, what a tremendous kingdom this is. A kingdom where there's love, a kingdom where there's life, kingdom where there's forgiveness, a kingdom where there's healing, a kingdom where people whose hearts are stone can be made soft and become flesh again. A kingdom where God loves us and reaches out to us and willing to do whatever it takes to draw us into relationship with Himself. What a kingdom this is, and what a king. Jesus Christ. He was born king. He was raised up as a king. What a tremendous thing is. Here's the next thing I want to share, and probably the last thing tonight. And that is that in order to enter this kingdom, we have to be born again. There has to be a change. Something has to happen if you want to experience the life of the kingdom of God. The realm of the kingdom of heaven is entered by faith. It's entered by believing. How many of those of you saw the story of Narnia? Remember when the uh, the the brothers and the two brothers and sister uh, laughed and mocked at the girl, and then they went to the wardrobe, and the wardrobe end was just blank. They couldn't go through into the next realm. They couldn't enter into the next realm. And the girl was so disappointed of it. She got up later on the night, and she sneaked in, and she went through, and entered into that realm, and opened up the whole realm opened up for her. Now, as some of our children have had experiences like that where the realm of the Spirit has just opened up for them and they've seen into the realm of heaven. See, it's not something that's a long way off. It's something that comes by faith. Jesus said this in Matthew 18. He said, unless you be converted and become like a little child and have the heart or attitude of trust, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. And you notice that the other children, when, they, when their hearts changed and they, they had a, 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 an attitude of believing, the door opened for them and they entered into that other realm. It's a tremendous illustration for us. Jesus wants us to enter in and experience the life of his kingdom. It's entered in by faith. It's entered in, first of all, by giving a life to Christ. First of all, by receiving the king. Friend, there are only two kingdoms. There are the kingdoms of this world ruled over by the powers of darkness. There's the kingdom of heaven ruled over by Jesus Christ. You are part of one of those kingdoms. You have to choose which kingdom you will enter and live in and represent. You and I are called to enter and experience the kingdom of heaven by turning to Christ with faith in our heart. We're called to be an ambassador and represent that kingdom, and we're called to bring that kingdom life into every part of the community we live in. If you're a young person, you're called to bring in the high schools, to bring the love of God, the life of God, the joy of the Holy Ghost, the creativity of God, the the power of God. All of these things, we're to bring them forth out of our life. Once you and I got born again, we have right to access the realm of the Spirit, the life of God, and we can bring forth that life wherever we are. What a tremendous privilege you and I have. And that's the last thing I want to share tonight, is this, this kingdom of God. The Bible tells us about the kingdom of heaven. It tells us that this kingdom eventually will invade the whole of the earth. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel had a vision. He saw a rock and that rock broke in pieces, this image he saw. He saw this kingdom fill the whole earth. And God said to him, he said there will come a time when the kingdom of God will fill every nation of the earth. Yes. Every nation of the earth. Every nation of the earth without veil. In Revelations 11 verse 5, John got a vision of it and he heard an angel say, Behold, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of the Lord and of His Christ. Friend, you and I need to belong to the kingdom of God, represent the kingdom of God, speak words on behalf of the king, come as an ambassador for him into this earth. Christmas is not just about a little baby in a manger. It's about someone coming to give us life to rule as a king over our life friend it's not a democracy it's called the kingdom of heaven not the democracy of heaven it's called a place where a king rules and you and i get into heaven by submitting to the way he said is the way to get in there is only one way in it's by personal faith in jesus christ and once we've come into that kingdom you and i can access the life of god and our life can make a difference in the earth, friend, you're called to rise up and be a champion. God is a call in your life. You're not called to fritter your life on booze and drugs and parties and stuff. You're called for your life to count for something, to count for the kingdom of heaven, to go to nations, to go to the community, to touch lives for Christ. You were called for that. You were born for that. The Bible says of Jesus, he was born a king. He lived like a king. He talked like a king. He spoke and lived out the life of a king. And he died as a king and he was raised as a king. Man, what a tremendous king we serve. Notice it says that Jesus, it says, Herod, the king was troubled. When you hear about Jesus Christ, the king, and you begin to respond to him, someone is going to be troubled. Oh, well, don't be too religious. Don't you do this. Oh, don't you do that. Oh, well, you know, you want to watch out of this. Listen, friend, that's just another king trying to get you off track. Listen, what we need to do is do what uh, the wise men did. In verse 11, we'll finish here. Those who were coming to the house, when they saw the young child with Mary his mother, they fell down and worshipped him and opened the treasures that they had and presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Wise men still seek him, they say. It takes a wise person to recognize that God is still looking for a relationship with you and to make the right response. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads? This is a response God calls us to make. See, we're either like Herod and we become troubled when we hear the message of the gospel or we're like the wise men who say, where is he? We want to worship him and yield to him and we have something to give to him. I wonder where you're at tonight. Are you like Herod, agitated inside as you hear the message of Jesus Christ being a king, representing and ruling over a kingdom, and one day you will have to face him? Are you troubled by the fact that he calls those in this world sinners in need of a change? Unless you're born again, unless you change, or born from above. Unless the Spirit of God changes you, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Are you troubled by all these things? Or you like the wise men that say, I want to come and worship Jesus. I have a gift to give to Him. I want to give Him something that's very precious. The wise men gave gold. They gave frankincense. They gave myrrh. They gave something precious, the gold to acknowledge He was a king. Frankincense to worship Him. And the myrrh, always in the Bible representative of the bitter sufferings, acknowledging that this king this baby that they saw in this, this little child in this house, that this king would one day die for them. Friend, tonight, the greatest thing you could do at Christmas is to receive God's gift, like the wise man, to come and worship him, to open your heart and life, and give what is a treasure of your life to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. I wonder, is there anyone here tonight, you're ready to give your life to Christ, ready to acknowledge he's a king, ready to receive God's gift to you at Christmas. Maybe an emptiness in your life, there may be struggles, wrestlings. Listen, you can be certain he came for you. He came to give you hope. He came to bring you into a relationship with God. But it requires a response. I want you in a moment just to put up your hand. Every person here that is willing to receive Christ, Willing to say tonight I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord. I want to give my life to Him. I want to worship Him. I want my life to be connected to God. I want it to count for something of eternal value. Don't go out tonight still locked up in your heart with guilt, with grief, with sorrows, with failures. Don't go out of this place tonight without the love and the life of God. To everyone who received Him, he gave power to become a child of God. If you're ready to do that tonight, ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, please just raise your hand and hold it up so I can see. Anyone here tonight willing to receive Jesus as their Savior? Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand and just give me a little wave so I can see. So I'm here tonight So I want to give my life to Jesus Christ? I want to give my life to Him. I want my life to come for something. Is that you tonight? Perhaps there's a struggle, a wrestling going on in your heart. That wrestling is a spiritual struggle. It's a struggle for your soul. It's a struggle for your eternal destiny. It's a struggle for your life. Jesus offers you eternal life. You say, Well, what about this? What about that? And what might happen? Friend, don't worry about what may happen, what, what others will think. You just make that decision. I'll receive Christ. I want us all just with our eyes closed and heads bowed right now just to pray this simple prayer. It's called the sinner's prayer. I invite you to pray it with me. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, tonight I turn to you. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, my Lord, and my King. I receive forgiveness. I receive your Spirit into my heart. And I give you my life tonight. Jesus, thank you for loving me. I thank you for welcoming me into your kingdom. Now, Lord, let my life count for something significant. Let it count for you. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed just a minute longer. Lord, there'll be some here who prayed us for the first time. Lord, touch them with your love and your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. You're not only the one who died on the cross for us. We thank you're a coming king. Lord, tonight we honor you. We thank you for your gift to us at this Christmas time. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty power to transform our lives. And we purpose in our hearts, our lives will count in this coming year in a way greater than they've ever counted before. Our lives will make an impact like they've never had before. Our lives will touch people like we've never done before. Because, Jesus, we want to make our lives count for you. We want to live for you in 2006. We want our lives to powerfully count in extending your kingdom, in making known that you're the king. Come on, let's just stand. We're going to finish with a closing song. Come on, church. Let's just stand together. Amen. We're going to sing a song, I Live for Jesus. Oh! Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us a gift of life.